What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Untitled Sundance Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we're back at it again, and we're talking about how it ends. Back at it like a bad habit, baby. Sundance continues. It is day three. We are reviewing day two's films. Uh, Eric, how you feeling so far? I feel crazy, Matt. I just I feel so alive. I feel like I could party as though it were the end of the world. Ah, I love it. Yes, today we are reviewing. Um, oh my god, I don't have anything pulled up. I'm a moron. Zoe uh, Lister Jones and Daryl yeah. Wines. Uh, how it ends. How it ends. And it actually also stars Zoe Lister Jones in the lead role of Liza, who is yes, basically um, going through a bit of an existential crisis with her younger self, who is a metaphysical manifestation played by uh, Kaylee uh, Spaney, I believe is the way that you pronounce her name, yep. who is really good on uh, Deb's Alex Garland series. Oh, she's um, in that. Nice. And essentially what this movie boils down to is her wandering around Los Angeles, running into famous friends who she was able to get into this movie, or <laughs> the, the couple were able to get into this film and having conversations. This was made during the pandemic. So you can tell that a lot of people are socially distanced in the scenes that they're sort of interacting in as well. Um, it plays very much like a comedy central TV pilot, uh, I don't want to sell the last man short, but like it almost feels like this is something that would be kind of made in response to that or trying to capitalize on that a little bit where you have this impending doom. And there are tons of movies that do this so much better. You referenced, um, you know, this is the end. end. There's Don McKellar's last night. Um, They're seeking a friend for the end of the world. Um, melancholia like there, there there are tons of these kind of you know apocalypse-esque sort of doomsday stories whether they be dark comedies or horror films that sort of look at what's going on now and this movie obviously will reflect you know the pandemic specifically and when that because it was made during it but also you know the feelings that everybody had um, but it feels so improvised and loose but not in a good no. way like it just no, kind of feels like easy way to be yeah, honest it's like it's so self-serving and weirdly pretentious and like it's thinking that it's more meaningful than it actually is in terms of talking about you know liza sort of reconnecting with estranged parents and friends and and just trying to kind of find closure in yeah, you know, the last day on earth that self-reflective thing that i kind of yeah. tweeted about and and yeah i'm on the same page um it it just feels almost it's weirdly inconsistent and to me I joked saying it was not saying mo- a lot of these people came from that genre, but just because of the improv nature and things like that, I was said it was mumblecore. This is the end. It was just like you know where this is the end are all these you know a a and b list actors. You got your B and C tier actors in this movie uh, going through the end of the world. It almost feels like something that would have weirdly 
um, taking place on the same night. It's just everyone who didn't get invited to that party. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of, it, to me, I said it felt like an excuse during the pandemic to visit friends that you weren't allowed to go see unless you were making a movie. And it literally feels like they drove to their friend's house, said, hey, can you come out on your front lawn and shoot and shoot something that we don't really have prepared? I just I'm going to tell you guys, hey, guys, uh, it's the end of the world. Um, you're everyone's kind of chill about it because everyone's already maybe had a lot of time to realize that this is the last night on earth. So we're all kind of content with it. Um, there's some quirky, you know, metaphysical sci-fi kind of stuff going on where people can see your younger selves. And let's just go with that. We don't really have a plan. Um, just make something up. And on then the spot. It, it, literally we'll run into you as we're yeah. filming. <laughs> and then that's, and that's how it felt to me. And I said, it felt like an improv crawl. Like say you were going to go bar crawl. Well, it does have it, Nick like, crawl in the and, movie. Man. Yeah, it does. But like, you know, in a, like a bar crawl or something like that, where you would go and stop at these different bars and try whatever beers they have on tap or what their specific things were. This felt like you got all these people who did improv in LA and you just did a crawl and they did a skit with Zoe Lister Jones. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, and she just did a skit with each one of them and there wasn't really a plan. They're like, okay, Nick Kroll, you're going to be the drug guy. All right. Uh, actually a lot of people are doing drugs cause it's the last night on earth and, and yeah, it's and very hedonistic. Like, like it's um, like everybody like just throw caution to the wind and let's party exactly like it's the end of the world yeah and i think some things work better than others like certain quote-unquote skits are funnier than others um but again it, it just feels kind of meandering and and it like you said it does feel like it has something to say but what it's trying to say is just really like okay everyone has regrets when they know that they're gonna die and they kind of want to go over you know their life choices or different things like that it's very self-reflective of her going through but like all of it, it it's interspliced with these kind of silly improv scenes that just feel like they go nowhere and that she sometimes takes something from them sometimes doesn't they're just sometimes a stranger sometimes with people that mean something to her um and it really just does feel like uh oh guys i really miss you guys I, I miss making jokes with you guys i miss doing improv like why don't we do this movie where we can just drive up to your house and we can do that six feet apart and because like it's weirdly like all the scenes where they she goes and she basically she's walking around LA with her younger self because um, her car is stolen and, yeah and, uh, so we get a Bobby Lee sighting in this movie yeah man. yeah we get lots of sightings from people you probably either wouldn't expect or you're like haven't seen them in a while um but it literally feels like each thing was at that person's house like it literally feels like it was at their houses and they're just like okay. You know, we didn't really plan for safety protocols for these scenes. So you guys actually have to stand six feet away where like a party sequence, you know, we did all the right stuff and everyone can be close together because we did that. That was planned where all of this is like, yo, you free, you free. Do you have like 30 minutes? We'll do one take of this and we'll just, that's what it's going to be. And that kind of wears thin after a while. And depending on who they bump into and your probably how much you enjoy that person's either style of comedy or who they are. Um, you might enjoy certain scenes more than others, but to me, it just felt like a meandering kind of, I don't know, just sort of pointless excuse to kind of goof off with friends during the pandemic. And I don't know if it necessarily had all that much to say or if it was all that funny because it's so inconsistent. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just a, a disappointing sort of slog to me, to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 extremely self-indulgent and just 
completely and utterly pointless to the to the point of where like as an you know like it's your classic quote unquote like indie sundance comedy um that kind of feels like it got in because of all the name recognition that you know the cameos throughout and no i i totally agree with you where like there is a scene where you know rob hubble and uh, paul Shear are you know fighting on you know their opposing lawns about the environment and and recycling specifically and whether or not you should rinse your recycling which you should before putting it in the recycling but it's like that's like the joke it's almost like every scene they set up it's like okay so for this scene we're going to like what's something that we could talk about that's like you know prevalent or or topical right now or, or something that people that we like to discuss Recycling. Okay, so that's that's the thing that's going to be sort of the main subject of this improv sequence, and we're going to see where it goes. And if, again, like you have some people in this that are actual actors, like Bradley Whitford, Helen Hunt, and again, Kaylee uh, Spanny, who I think is giving a better, like, is actually giving a real performance, but there isn't a lot there. And then again, you'll get these cameos that feel. Like, okay, well, you know, we're shooting in the area. This is where you live or where near where you live. Can you, you know, come outside for 20 minutes, shoot this, and then go back inside? I think the most interesting thing about all of that is just seeing how kind of vacant LA is and, and how they were able to kind of like shoot these scenes in a way that's realistic to an impending apocalypse the idea that you know these city streets are are completely barren they're taking advantage of the situation yeah, not in like, like a, a bad way no, but no, just no, no, like no, 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 no. it's just they're using it to their advantage because it's 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 there to use because if they had made this movie you know in the before times or after the pandemic it would have been more expensive to do so probably because it, they would have had to have paid to block off certain areas for a, a period of time where you can kind of tell that it's like they picked a lot of these spots one because they're isolated but also two because you know there's there's nobody outside in those areas and i almost wish that it was weirdly more of a travel log of la like even though i didn't like uh the little things there were there were aspects of seeing like you know washington and rami malik walking around la you know yeah. that kind of got me a little this bit mostly in the hills in the neighborhoods right? yeah yeah and even with that stuff it's like it's like okay like maybe it can be a scenic escape for for 82 minutes and that's the other thing like it's not a long film but it really does overstay its welcome yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and um, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, I don't either. It's it's um, so thinly kind of constructed, and like you can tell, like it feels less like a script and more of an outline. And I think the only time I genuinely laughed, and even that wasn't like the greatest, or the joke wore pretty thin, was the stuff with Logan Marshall Green as yeah. like kind of the the love interest holding the two puppies the first time yes. you see him with the and with the did nice you hair. continuity errors where the puppies kept changing in his arms. Yeah, and then like I was like, is this intentional or did they just genuinely fuck up and realize later and go, ah, oh well. I think it doesn't for for a movie like this. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's like distracting in the moment because one puppy is a uh, black and one is a beige puppy, and um, and he's holding them in his arms, and very clearly they're intercut in between. It's almost like they went back and had to reshoot that scene again uh, to get 
coverage or, or more and they completely fucked up which hand his puppies were in and then when they got back they're like well we can't go shoot this again so we'll just have to do it and who gives a shit so yeah the most- that continuity errors are really like oh like i get that they happen in every movie but when they're that distracting in a scene that i yeah. just was like and they can pawn that off if it wasn't intentional on being like, okay, well, it's the end of the world. Like things are just kind of out of control and crazy right now, and things. Once like that. you introduce your younger self, you the rules are out the window. You yeah, can it, exactly, just- exactly. And the only other interesting observation I can make that has really nothing, well, other than just like the 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 main premise is that watching this and then watching on the count of three back to back was kind of interesting and being like you know your last day on Earth kind of storylines but obviously very different context in terms of how they're presented and what their you know the the narrative drive is um but i would say that that was probably the most interesting thing where i think like on the count of three at least has some solid footing and good performances and the writing you know might not be completely uh you know in tune with what it really wants to say like it, it feels a little bit perfect different. movies but one of them feels like an actual movie Film, when yes. one yeah, yeah like and, and also directed by i mean zoe lister jones is a comedian and and Jar, yeah. uh, carmichael is also a comedian so again like you know those are the comparisons that i think are the most interesting with in but that's more to do with the sundance programming itself and just like thinking about how we saw these films i totally agree um yeah, I didn't really care for this. I will give it a two out of five. I'll also give it a two out of five. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, please uh, keep it locked on Untitled Movie Reviews for um, a plethora of coverage of the 2021 uh, Sundance Film Festival. You can check out our reviews right now uh, for CODA, uh, for... Um, crypto zoo um for the aforementioned on the count of three um and we'll also have tons more reviews coming up for you know all the films in the festival not all of them but a good chunk of them we're watching as much as we can from home uh it's been a fun experience so far um we're just kind of getting started so uh thank you for joining us on this adventure um and please go check out our other two podcasts untitled movie podcasts and untitled movie conversations uh please follow us on all those social medias at untitled underscore cast uh drop us a review on those three podcasts if you would be so kind um and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm usually bumming around Letterboxd and Twitter giving my first impressions and first star ratings for these films. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Is it over yet?